0: All right, welcome everybody. You might want to turn to the book of Habakkuk, Tobacco. You might want to turn to the book of Habakkuk, and this would be a great time to use your table of contents if you're not quite sure where that is or you don't want to sing the song aloud, uh, the book of Habakkuk, or if you've got a phone, you can just act like it's no big deal, Joyce, because you're going to find it right away. Uh, Book of Habakkuk. Yeah. Betty, I'm glad you're back. There are a couple of, I look this way and you're not here to help me and I thank, I'm glad you're back. Well, I fell down. Yeah. somebody should be careful. Betty fell down and so we're glad you're back. You. Uh, we're going to read from Habakkuk. I'm uh, going to do a uh, couple of things tonight. Uh, one is this, this class is a, a class that I entitled uh, How Ordinary People Can Learn to Be Brave. And the title is is, is something that I really thought through every about every word. Because, uh, for instance, I think most of us see ourselves as pretty ordinary folks. Just pretty regular. And th- th- then I think uh, there's a sense in which we can learn... How to have more courage and and or bravery or faith, okay? Kind of using those some of those words inter, interchangeably. Uh, this class is all about how, how do you do that as you navigate ordinary life where you don't have control over the circumstances. You figured it. We found that out, hadn't we? We just don't have control. Uh, our kids make decisions. Our grandkids make decisions. You go to the doctor, and of all the nerve, he told you that things aren't right, and you paid him for that kind of day. And, and just, you know, things just don't, somebody bumped or, bumped or rammed into your car. And, I mean, there are a lot of these things we don't have any control over, and yet we're having to take the next right step. And, and sometimes that's just pretty hard. Um, kind of our standard line these days. Lots of us just "Well, that's easier said than done," but that doesn't fix anything. You can say that if you want, but you still, <laughs> we're still doing life and still trying to figure out how in the world do I take the next right step. And so. Uh, that's what we're doing in here. Okay. We're going to be in Habakkuk. I would like it. It would be nice if you could leave. I mean, this is a perfectly good Wednesday night. Do you know what you could be doing on a perfectly good Wednesday night? Well, well, for one thing you could have, if you've eaten, you could have taken a little more time. Um, because some of us, I, I think I remember what we ate and, and I mean, it was all just kind of a blur. A perfectly good Wednesday night. We could be doing nothing after working all day, some of us. And, and, and yet you're here. And wouldn't it be nice to to go away with just a few nuggets, a few things that were helpful. And that's a good night if we can do that. So that's, that's what I'm shooting for. And so I just want you to know as we go through notes, comments, I'll ask some questions. What I've got in mind is, well, I really hope... Uh, you know, by the grace of God, there are a couple of nuggets there that are helpful. And those nuggets may be something you actually read in your Bible, something I say, something a classmate says, or just something you thought about while we were doing this. Okay. Is that okay? Um, This little book Habakkuk uh, is short. It has three chapters, like three. Um, And I will tell you, uh... This may be one of my favorite books in all the Bible. It's not my favorite, but it is one of the it's I mean, it's it's one of them. Uh, and I'll show you why in just a minute. Um, Book of Habakkuk on your notes. We're going to do we're going to come at this in, uh, in two ways. We're going to drive through and we're going to dine in. Um, if you pull up a Chick-fil-A, you got to make a choice. You're going to drive through. You're going to dine in drive through you're hoping there are not too many cars and you're just you you may go through the drive through or you know you've got a little time no rush that morning besides that they free Wi-Fi and so you're gonna you you might decide to go in drive through or down in so drive through what we're going to do in the drive through I want us just to kind of we we'll just kind of talk about the whole book three little chapters drive through you just go circle you're going place your order, circle the building. We're out of here. Dine in is where we're going to park a little bit and ask some of the so what questions, look for a few nuggets, and then, uh, we'll do all that and be done. Uh, as usual, um, there's, there's a front and back. Uh, I'm in no rush to just kind of cover everything. Uh, so if we leave some things unsaid, that's no big deal. Uh, But I I hope this is helpful to you tonight. I I don't know if you're familiar with Habakkuk or not. Um, If not, you may be in for a treat because you get to take this home. I mean, it's like your own. So let's start with Habakkuk 1. And I'm going to read the first four verses of the book. The prophecy that Habakkuk, the prophet, received... How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence? In other words, I'm seeing violence all over the place, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? How come when I look around, I see a lot of unfairness, folks treating one another poorly, injustice, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. Sometimes in the Bible, when, when, uh, when you run into a prophet like Habakkuk, sometimes Prophets are people that they speak to the people for God. Thus saith the Lord. And so the prophet says, thus says the Lord, says that to the people. Habakkuk is a, a kind of different. Habakkuk speaks to God on behalf of the people. Habakkuk says, God, this deal isn't working right. And for one thing, I heard that preacher last Sunday and he said, pray. And we, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. I'm all prayed up and nothing's happening. And how long do you want me to do this? And in the meantime, I'm looking around and I'm watching the news and things aren't going the way they're supposed to be. And that something. That's his first question. Now, let's look at the second question. And I I know we could park in a bunch of places, but we like don't have time. It's it's kind of one night. So we'll move on. Um, What God says to that is, verse five, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something in your day that you would not believe even if you were told. Habakkuk. I'm I'm. I'm going to do something. If I explained it to you, if I wrote it down and explained it to you, you'd say, no way. You wouldn't believe it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise up the Bab- Babylonians or your translation may to say the Chaldeans. I'm going to raise up the Babylonians and they're going to come after this mess. They're going to take care of all this injustice and all this. And it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying Habakkuk, I'm going to use North Korea to straighten out the world. I've been watching them and, and uh, I believe I can use them to straighten out the world. And all good church folk over on Houston levee say, you have got to be kidding. You're going to use those slime balls over on North Korea to straighten everybody else. out? Now, that's real justice. And so. Habakkuk's second complaint verse 12 are you not from everlasting my god my holy one you will never die you lord have appointed them to execute judgment you my rock have ordained them to punish your eyes are too pure to look on evil in other words how can you use nasty people like this you cannot tolerate wrongdoing why do you tolerate the treacherous why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? So what's up with using the Babylonians? I mean, that doesn't solve anything. So on behalf of the people, Habakkuk raises these questions to God. Now let's stop there. We'll come back. Um, What we've been talking about on Wednesday nights is just trying to navigate life when uh, it's challenging, when it's difficult, when it's smooth, when uh, you're trying to deal with kids, when you're trying to deal with these grandkids, when one's a knucklehead, and you're trying to deal with that boy, and you're just trying to do it. You work with somebody. I had breakfast the other day with a guy that was telling me about a coworker. Unbelievable what this guy's doing. You know, and just driving him nuts. Um, let's talk for a moment about discouragement. And, and if, there was, if there's kind of one tough area of life, I think a lot of us, we, we could kind of connect with no matter what age we are maybe. Uh, whether we would use that word or not, Discouragement. Uh, if, if we could kind of, there's that chair over there. If we could kind of isolate somebody in this chair. And if I were to tell you she is discouraged, what, what might she be like? What, 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 might be, what, what might we be seeing if she really is discouraged over there in that chair? What kind of behavior or what kind of what's going on inside? Perhaps sadness. A, a real sadness, perhaps what else? Discouraged? Defeated? Sense, a sense of being defeated? Not making eye contact. Not making eye contact, Amy? Yeah, what else? Just giving up. Just giving up. What else discouraged? Frustrated. Frustrated, Connie? She might look normal because she doesn't want really like Oh my goodness, she might look normal. In fact, she might oh. grin at you. <laughs> kind of plaster that thing out? Hi, how you know? It's all good. Just, just just plaster that thing on. Yeah, that's very what else might might you see? Hopeless? A sense of hopelessness? Yeah? Resentful? Maybe resentful? Yeah. Now most of us, there may be a few exceptions in here, but most of us know something about discouragement, I think. Sometimes you just you, you, you get into a situation where you just feel like you've beaten your head against a brick wall. And finally, you sit down and you think nothing's being accomplished. And my head hurts. I am taught. You know, I have talked and talked and talked till I'm blue, blue in the face. I'm not sure where that came from. My mama from Arkansas. But but, uh, you know, you just discouraged, so discouraged. Go back to that doctor again, and it's just more bad news, and you need to lose some weight. Well, good grief, and just just these these things that just, and and several little things can just kind of stack up like that, discouraged. Now, some people, some people, when we get real, we're going to be back at Habakkuk. I just need to pause for a minute. Some people, when we get real discouraged, what do we do? We, we alluded to one a while ago. Some, sometimes we can just smile and just kind of, that's one route. What else can we do? Might we do? Or other people? What else do, what do other people do sometimes when they're discouraged? Withdraw. We can withdraw. Mm, yeah. What else? What else? When we get discouraged, we can what? Just plain give up. Yeah. Sometimes when we're discouraged, we can see if something will help our pain. I came across this uh, forward today. I'm not going to recommend this book because I've not read it. But I read the forward today and I want to read you this piece. It's from a book entitled Coming Clean. And here's how the foreword begins. This is a book about alcohol. You can practically smell the gin coming off the pages, the lime, hear the ice clinking, the crack of the new bottle opening. But it's not a book about alcohol. It's about whatever you use to cover up the pain. Sex, food, shopping, perfectionism, cleaning, drugs whatever you hold out like armor to protect yourself. You know, it's possible to get so discouraged that you just throw yourself into a behavior that it's not that it makes me happy, it just kind of anesthetizes the pain a little bit. Then sometimes you get to a place like what Habakkuk's doing, where you you're just so exasperated and you just cry out to God, what is up? What am I supposed to do? Now, when when you get really discouraged, and uh, you know you can try to you can try to anesthetize yourself in certain behaviors, but one thing you can do is is get a get a nice sized mirror and put it in front of you. You ever done that before when you get discouraged? Put a big mirror in front. I'm, not literally, but put a big mirror in front of you and then point a finger. And where, where are you pointing, by the way, if you're looking at a mirror? Uh-huh. What's wrong with you? Now, what could you say to yourself as a person who's discouraged? What's wrong with you? You are what? What could you? Huh? You are pitiful. How could you do such a stupid thing again? What else? What's wrong with you? Yeah, why don't I get some of the breaks? You know. Well, yeah. Keep going. What's you look in the mirror? We we what we what do we we look at look at ourselves? What can we say? You're a loser. You're a loser. Yeah. You're, you nothing ever go goes right, and it's nothing is, is ever going to go right. Yeah. What's the use? What's the use? Or being from Texas, again, you would say, what's the stinking use? What's the use? What's, you know, doesn't matter. Or you could do what we see in Habakkuk and just say, I'm done with you, God, until I get my questions answered. That's not what he says in Habakkuk. I'm just saying you could take that attitude as you ask those questions. Well, look for a moment. Oh, look at your sheet, I guess. So uh, drive through. God is at the heart of the story of Acts 1 and 2. He stands with the people. He addresses God. Then uh, uh, there, there is this, this vision where God declares, you know, something's going to happen, and I am going to bring justice to the, to the world. And Babylon's not getting away with anything, and all the wicked people that you see, they're not getting anything away. Well, I am going to deal with the world. And those are in the form of the woes. Chapter 2, verse 17. If Jim Chester was in here, I would probably call this the Jim Chester verse. Chapter 2, verse 20. The Lord is in his... Let all the world keep silent before him. Some of us grew up going to a church where that was sung when? Right before church. Right before church. And the purpose was to what? Get everybody to shut up. Yeah. Unfortunately, that song really has nothing to do with any of that. But uh, but that's where that's the verse. And we'll read it in just a minute. And then the second part of the drive through, God is on the move. There's this prayer in chapter three, and it closes with this praise over a God who hadn't gone away, but in fact is right in the middle of life with you. So that's a drive through Let's dine in now. There starts with two questions. Number one, is we read both of these. Why do you tolerate the wicked? Why you how come I keep watching that Memphis News and all I see is a bunch of mess every night and churches all over the place. Where are you God? Number two, why are you silent while the wicked consume those more righteous than themselves? Oh God, this is what you're doing, huh? You're using North Korea. Well, that's just real good. Uh, Using Babylon, you know, that that's the anyway. All right. Let's turn to chapter two and verse one, two and one. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. In other words, uh, I'm going to, it's like standing at a certain place in a city and looking out way beyond. You're looking for a possible enemy attack. I'm going to keep, I'm going to look out and I'm going to watch. And I will look to say what he'll say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. Habakkuk says, I'm not sure what's up, but I'm just going to watch and wait and see. And the Lord replied, I want you to write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Habakkuk want you to get out that nice gel pen you've got and get ready to write this revelation. When you hear that word revelation, what comes to mind? Other than the last book of the Bible. What comes to mind? Showing. Showing? Yeah. Yeah. This version calls it a vision. A vision, okay, okay. Yeah. But this is something coming from God, He's revealing something coming from God, not coming from myself. What is, what if, what if I, instead of the word uh, revelation, I'm using the word speculation? What's, what's that? What, what, what do you hear then? Speculation. Can you imagine? Could be. Yeah. 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 So if you, if you look at me and you say, what's God doing? And I'll say, let me tell you what I think he's up to. And I start telling you all kinds of stuff. Is that revelation or speculation? Speculation. speculation. On the other hand, if I were to read, uh, you know, the Bible to you, that might be what? Revelation. Revelation, right? Yeah. Sometimes folks speculate a lot about God. There's a reason for everything. They'll say that, you know, where'd that come from? Well, we, you know, we've kind of got these little lines there. Here we go. Uh, God's doing something. Really? I mean, I, all that, that may be true, but I, I'm speculating. This is not what we're reading here is all about God revealing something. In fact, he wants Habakkuk to write this down because look at the next line. So that a herald, somebody announcing, may run with it. It's going to be announced. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. You may not like this. Revelation awaits an appointed time. In other words, uh, God says, I'm going to tell you what's going on, uh, but I'm not quite ready for this to happen yet, and there's a time when this will happen. You, most of us want our prayers answered when? Now, yeah. Um, I remember one, we were living in Florence. Uh, Charlotte and I were living in Florence, and uh, I had interviewed with a church. And I, I was pretty sure they were gonna ask us to come work there. And I don't remember what life was like then. I just remembered thinking, that may be where we need to go, I don't know. And you know what I did? I stared at the, this is back in the ancient days when there were landlines and no cell phones. I stared at the phone on my desk and I would pray that it would ring. Lord, would you make that phone ring? I, I'm not I'm making this up, and I'd just be quiet. Just kind of look and just pray again. Well, that's the way we are with our prayers. We, I mean, I pray and say, I waited a week, I waited a month, I waited a year. Well, God says, I, I, I'm going to reveal this to you. I want it written down, it's going to be announced. And then He says, but the, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false, though it linger. You could have done without that tonight. Though it linger, instead of immediately wait for it. It will certainly come, will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. There will be echoes of this verse in the book of Romans later on. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. I'm going to talk to you about what's going to happen. But the people of God are going to need to trust me. We're talking about bravery and courage and faith. And taking that next right step in life. And, you know, all that sounds pretty good when you're sitting in blue chairs and there's no threat. And, the you know, you've got a restroom down the hall, a water fountain. I mean, but real life, there's all kinds of things swirling around you. And he's saying, you're going to have to trust me on this one. The righteous live by faith, by trust. And then we come to these series of woes. There are, uh, is it five? I think it's five. And I, I don't want to belabor all this because we just don't have time. But look at verse six. Well, not all of them taunt him and ridicule and say, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will your not creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake you up and make you tremble? Verse 9, woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many peoples. Woe to you, in other words, who are ripping people off. You have not gotten away with this. Woe to him, verse 12, who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Is not the Lord Almighty determined. The people's labor is only fuel for the fire and the nations exhaust themselves for nothing. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I underline that in yellow in my Bible, along with a few other verses. A reminder, God says that, When all the smoke is cleared and when I bring justice to the land, you will know that I reign over all. And then uh, finally, verse 15. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they're drunk so that he can gaze on their naked bodies, take advantage of them. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it's your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. Verse 18, of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies for the one who makes it trust in his own creation? He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The Lord, verse 20, is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. The Lord is in his dwelling place. What value is there when there's a lot of swirl going on? Don't you feel relaxed after watching CNN, Fox News, CBS News, MSNBC, just pick your station. Don't you just feel relaxed after a couple of hours of whatever? I don't care what your politics are. It's just the commotion. Or if you want to go local, try Memphis News at 10 o'clock. Or if you, and I'm not knocking news, except you just watch it and you think, man, there's a lot of mess going on. And what he says right in the middle of the mess, verse 20, is what? The Lord is what? In his temple, the Lord is in place. What? All the earth keeps silent before him. And he's, I think he's basically saying to Habakkuk and these people, I know it looks like a mess, but I'm telling you, God still reigns." Chapter 3 going to back up, are we doing okay? Good. Chapter three. So pause Habakkuk for a moment, go back to the chair. So we've got our discouraged person over here, our discouraged person who needs, got some questions, perhaps like what Habakkuk raised, trying to take the next right step in life, pretty discouraged. We've described her, could be him, but we've described her, uh, talked a little bit about how she might feel, what's going through her head. Let's talk about what people say to her. Now, uh, are we well-meaning in in we? Or ch- church folk typically well-meaning. Yeah. Can well-meaning folks say all the wrong things? Okay. Yes. <coughs> including, including maybe the one in your seat or the one standing here. The, we we can say the, all the wrong things. So so let's don't talk about us. Let's talk about other people. What could what could what could somebody say to a person that's pretty discouraged? it just probably isn't all that helpful. What could s- okay. What now? It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It's good, David. It'll be it'll be okay. What else? Things will get better. Things will get better. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Okay. I know what you're going through. <laughs> I know what you're going through. Well, you've got other children. Or you can have another baby. What else could we say to somebody discouraged? It's probably not all that helpful. All things work together. Yeah, we just we we'll just pluck a verse. All things work together for good. What else? <laughs> Boy, you can set it right, Larry. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah, yeah. Now, Leslie, touched on the on the. On, this is what I've got to watch because my my Charlotte will tell you my instinct is. I just want to fix things. You know, I just want to fix it. I just, I just, and, and yet I, that you're right. That's not, no, that's not, that's not always helpful at all. What else sometimes could well-meaning people say that's not all that helpful? Here's one. Sister, have you just examined your life? Maybe, I mean, maybe God's trying to teach you something. I remember years, this is a long time ago, talking to a lady who was unable to have children. She was convinced that because she had had sex with some guy in high school that God was punishing her for the rest of her life. She had drawn that conclusion. And there are people who draw these kind of conclusions about God. They pick up snippets of what somebody says and yeah, these things are not all that helpful. By the way, since we're um, let's go the other way, Larry, on this deal. What, what if all that stuff is may not be all that helpful? What could be helpful? And think, think not just about saying, but uh, uh, what 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 could possibly be helpful? Uh-huh. A hug. What were you? Are you hugging? Are you? Is that? Were you hugged too? I want a hug. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, very good, keep going. Listen. What now? Listen. Uh, Listening. Uh, Sometimes, if if you're friends with this person, sometimes just being present, not even saying being present, yeah, that, that sometimes can be helpful. Three things. Three things. I'm sorry, I'm here for you. Well, OK, Freddie, three things. I'm, I I love you. I'm sorry. I'm here for you. Maybe what do you need from me? How, how can I help? Yeah, how can I be helpful? What do you need from me? Well, y'all are good. Y'all can get low down and then you can come back up. There you go. So let's jump back into Habakkuk three. Uh, and, and we're going to come out. I'm hoping at the end, the chair and the Habakkuk come back, come together. If they don't, you can just walk away shaking your head. Uh, Chapter three, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, Lord, I have heard of your fame. And I stand in awe of your deeds. Do you hear what's happening? He's had these questions and God has basically said Habakkuk, I'm going to take care of the world. Okay? I'm going to take care of this world. I see the injustice and believe me, I will deal with it. Habakkuk says, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. You ever prayed something like this? Oh, Lord, I remember when your son made sick people well. And Lord, my mother has cancer. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? Lord, I see I saw you enter impossible situations. Maybe it's Mark, Gospel of Mark. Maybe it's Gospel of Luke. Lord, would you do it again? I'm dealing with an impossible situation. You hear what he's saying? Would you renew? I've heard of your deeds. Do it again. Would you do it again? God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran. That's not near Duisburg. That's not far from that's Mount Sinai area. Okay, kind of south. But just think, Mount Sinai. What's what's Mount Sinai known for? Uh, Ten commandments. Okay, God came, and His glory covered the heavens, and His praise filled the earth. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. Wow. We used to live in West Texas. And boy, the West Texas uh, sunsets, sunrises, sunsets, beautiful. And the sky was so open. Charlotte used to teach school in Hamlin, Texas, Would you tell them the story of the trees, your principal in the trees? She didn't expect me to say this. The story that you were talking about being from North Alabama and you missed the trees. And he said, and we got pretty leaves too. I said, Okay, where, where are they? He said they're called shinops. If you look down there's shinnops and they're little oak trees that grow as about as tall as your knee. And he was right, they were a pretty red
1: color in the fall. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just had to look for it. But, and he talked about is talked about the trees. He didn't like the big trees because they got in the way. Yeah. See what's coming. Okay. Now, this is almost... He's, it's like he's painting a picture here. we got to go. It's, it's like he's painting a picture here. And he's saying, when it comes to the glory of God, how do you paint that on a canvas? From one end to the other. Hold your arms. well, yeah, because he's a huge God. And his praise... What it, I mean, even the squirrels, the elephants, all of creation, do, when they do what they were meant to do, praise the Lord and his praise fills the earth. Look at the next look at the next picture. We've got to hurry. Um, his splendor was like the sunrise and rays. Flashed from his hand. This is where the kids would love this one. Rays Flashed from his hand. Where the power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. When God stands up, the ground just trembles. And then he says... Uh, the ancient mountains oh, excuse me he looked he, he he looked and made the nations tremble and the ancient mountains crumbled and the age old hills collapsed but he marches on forever this is this this is like it, it's it's like God is painting this If you can just kind of stand back here at the Dixon Gallery and just look at this massive painting of God. He is painting a picture of a God who is larger than any problem you'll ever have. He's larger than you. He is the majestic, holy God. And oh, my goodness, he has arrived. And we're all just going, oh, my. we won't read all the details but verse 13 you came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one you crushed the leader of the land of wickedness you stripped him from head to foot in other words this god took care of all this mess i heard Back says, and my heart pounded and my lips quivered at the sound and decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. See, it's like he paints this picture of this God. And then it's like, oh, yeah, back to back to real life here. With all the mess. And he says okay. uh, I'm kind of weak. And I'm kind of nervous. And I'm kind of shaky here. And I'm going to wait. For what God's going to do. In verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud. And there are no grates on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no shoot food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Even though the refrigerator is almost empty. And I had to check bounce. And I don't know what I'm going to do after this job ends. I'm running out of options. I will rejoice, verse 18, in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. And the sovereign Lord is my strength, makes my feet like the feet of a deer, enables me to tread on the heights. How in the world do you take the next right step forward Especially when you've got every reason in the world to be discouraged. You and I trust in a God who says, I'm in my holy temple. I am right here. I have not gone away. And I will give you the strength to go forward. And we're hanging on every word when he says that. Is that, isn't that good news? I don't know what to always do with someone or for someone who's discouraged. I don't know what to do when I get discouraged sometimes. And I do. We tried to to time the rain just right. And, And I do. But I do know that one of the best things I could do as a discouraged person is to read something like this again and to be reminded it's not all up to me. That's a good thing. And that's enough for tonight. Thank you all.